Welcome to Annunciation with Father David. Father David is the priest at Annunciation Greek Orthodox Church in Decatur, Illinois, where every week people are connected to the ancient wisdom of Orthodox Christianity. Here is Father David. Christ is in our midst. He is now and ever shall be. Good evening. Good evening, Father. Today we celebrate um, St. Haralambos, and he is sometimes known as the man who would not die. Um, and he was known for that for a couple of reasons. First, when he was arrested, Lucian, who was um, the governor of the district where Magnesia is, where um, Haralambos was serving, Haralambos was 113 years old. And when he was arrested, he, of course, would not deny Christ and was tortured multiple times and in multiple ways. And he responded by saying, I thank you, brethren, that you have restored my spirit, which longs to pass over a new and everlasting life. And as a result, uh, his torturers confessed Christ and were martyred. Uh, three women who were watching confessed Christ and were martyred. Lucius um, began to torture him himself, Haralambos that is, and before he could get there, his arms were miraculously severed and his head was turned around so it was facing backwards. And he begged forgiveness and mercy and Haralambos prayed that he was healed and he was. And so Lucian accepted Christ. And when he reported this to the emperor, the emperor requested that Haralambos be sent to him and he endured more tortures. While he was being tortured and imprisoned, uh, he raised uh, a youth from the dead. He healed a man tormented by uh, demons uh, and people began to believe in Christ through all of these miracles, including the emperor's daughter. Eventually, the emperor decided that he was going to cut Haralambos' head off. But before this could happen, the heavens opened up and he heard those wonderful words from God, well done, well done, my faithful servant and he was allowed to die before the emperor and his soldiers could behead him. Now, one of the things that you have to understand about the significance of this and the way we see many of the great martyrs and their trials and tribulations is that beheading is a citizen's death. It is the death afforded to those who are Roman citizens because um, things like torture, things like crucifixion, things like being raked, things like um, you know, being boiled in oil, those are uh, punishments for traitors and for people who are not Roman citizens. And of course, the accusation leveled at Christians was that they were atheists and traitors because to the pagan Roman mind, Going before a statue of the emperor and burning incense was a civic duty. It demonstrated your participation in the life of the empire. 
that you were a faithful citizen of the empire. And so it was perceived by the Romans that when the Christians refused to burn incense at the statue of the emperor, that they were denying their own citizenship and were traitors to the Roman Empire. And so therefore, they were accused of being traitors. But over and over and over again with the great martyrs, all of the instruments and of, of torture and death leveled at them failed, as in the life of Hermos. They would be healed miraculously. They would endure all of this torture. Even men as old as Hieronymus at 113. And finally, after trying all of these various techniques to kill the great martyrs, uh, the various governors and emperors of Rome would finally acquiesce and have them beheaded, which was to say, this person is innocent of the crime that they are charged of because by cutting off their heads, by beheading them, they are giving them a citizen's death. And so in killing them in that manner, they are declaring to the world, or they declared to the world, that they were wrong. And indeed, they were wrong in more ways than one. Not only were they wrong about Christ, but they were wrong about Christians and their value as citizens of the Roman Empire. Because, of course, Christians insist on the value of every individual. So therefore, they treat others with respect and demand that others respect human beings. They take care of the sick they started the first hospitals. They improved the lives of your average Roman citizen. In other words, Christians were the best Roman citizens. And as Christ tells us in today's gospel, if the world hated me, hates you, they hated me first. So expect this. Expect that the world whether it's the Roman Empire or the modern secular world, is going to hate us, going to persecute us, going to try to, as the emperors did, change our mind. And they will accuse us and have accused us of all kinds of different things. They've accused us of being ignorant. They've accused us of being uh, stuck in the past. They have... Uh, accused us of being uh, simple-minded and stubborn and oppressive and violent and all kinds of different things. And the irony is, of course, that secularism is far more oppressive, far more ignorant, far more violent than Christianity or Christians have ever been, even when Christian, Christians have been behaving horribly. For example, the Spanish Inquisition is generally held up to be one of the great examples of Christians misbehaving. And over the course of its 160 years, um, conservatively documented, we can guess that they murdered about a thousand people. 
little over a thousand people in that 160 year span. And that inquisition ended in the 18th century. Roughly contemporaneous, we have the French Revolution, which is the first secular revolution. It rebelled against the Catholic Church as well as the French state. During the Reign of Terror, uh, the uh, Jacobins beheaded a thousand people in a single month. This feat was duplicated by the Bolsheviks in the Russian Revolution under Lenin, and Stalin upped that number to about 10,000 a month uh, during his purges of the late 30s. And sadly, we here in secular America duplicate and exceed these great tragedies in human death and murder with about two to 3,000 abortions a week. And of course, in history, we find that those societies that organize themselves around secular and atheist ideas abandon things like freedom, like human equality, like human rights. And the reason they do these things is because Christianity is the foundation upon which those things are arrived at. Christianity insists upon free will, the freedom of human beings to choose God or to abandon God. Christianity insists that every single human person, regardless of where they come from, regardless of who they are or what they have done, are capable of repenting and coming forward to partake of Christ himself, thus giving all of humanity a radical equality which is not possible by any human government. And, of course, because we insist that all human beings are valuable and that they have been created by God, it is a natural step to say that, as the founders of this country did, that all men, all human beings, are created equal and are endowed with certain inalienable rights, without God, without Christ. All of these assumptions that we take for granted in this country disappear. Because without God, the source of all good is human beings. And what is good is not determined by you or I, who are virtually powerless in the face of government, but those who have power. What they determine to be good is good. And so therefore, as has been demonstrated over and over and over again throughout history, where there is a secular government, a government that gets rid of God, violence, evil, oppression, and slavery follow closely thereafter. So therefore, we as Christians need to be like Haralambos and boldly proclaim the truth that what is good in this world comes from God. And those things that we as Americans value, freedom, human rights, human equality, come out of the theology of Christianity 
and we get rid of Christianity, things like freedom, things like human rights, things like human equality, go by the wayside and disappear. And it has been demonstrated over and over and over again throughout history. So let us boldly proclaim the truth of Christ so that like the emperor's daughter, like Lucian, like the torturers of Heralambos and those who are witnessing his tortures, that through our witness and our insistence upon the truth, those who do not believe may come to know God and accept Christ for who he is, our great God and Savior. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever, unto the ages of ages.